0: Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Novus International, Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Hubbard Feeds, research driven and focused on helping you achieve your goals. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Anamin International Supplier of Precision Minerals. When most trace minerals are only biovaluable, Anamin trace elements are also active in the digestive tract and permit secure piglets' gut health. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain.
1: And today we have with us Dr. Johannes Goleman-Madsen, an associate professor of swine nutrition at the University of Copenhagen. So, Johannes, before we start, would you mind giving the audience a short introduction about yourself?
2: Sure, and uh, thank you very much for having me on this uh, podcast. Yeah, I, uh, I have a master in animal science from the University of Copenhagen, and after that I uh, took a PhD at ETH Zurich in Switzerland, working uh, at the Acroscope, uh in, in the pig nutrition. And... Um, Following the, my degree there, I worked um, two years in the industry with Evonik and mainly working with uh, amino acids and probiotics. And then uh, following that, I went back to university working as an assistant professor uh, from 2019. And uh, yeah, I'm now still here working with uh, mainly uh, twine nutrition.
1: Awesome. So while you're at the uh, University of Copenhagen, so let's talk about a little bit of the work you did there. So from what I read, it seems your areas of study tend to revolve around uh, growth rates of low birth weight pigs, um, some creep feeding and weaning transition studies. So what have some of your uh, latest studies shown?
2: Yeah, so uh, currently I'm uh, working together with Associate Professor Shiloda M.D. Williams, also at the University of Copenhagen. And we have a PhD student, uh, Helena Sato, who is working on um, trying to uh, to see if we can find an uh, alternative breeding strategy for this low birth weight pigs from large leaders. We have... Uh, Fairly huge challenge with the uh, with higher mortality rates and uh, especially these low no birth with piglets have impaired growth performance uh, compared with the larger littermates. So what we're trying to do is uh, we are doing two things. We're trying to rear them artificially. So we're actually taking them really, really early, uh, day zero or day one after birth. And I must emphasize that is not it's not legal in in practice. So it's only for research purposes. But it is to to see if it's actually possible to make to make the the piglets uh, survive and grow. And then on top of that, we have uh, tried also to optimize uh, milk replacer so it resembles more the sound milk, uh, especially with respect to uh, fat content and also protein content. Because normally it's uh, in the faring pens, you, you give the milk supplements. And of course, they are in lower quality than the sound milk because it's only a supplement. But here we, have, we want the pickers to only get the, the milk replacer.
1: So one uh one of those that I looked at really quickly with the milk replacer kind of like you mentioned um the since you started them from day 0 how does that affect them in terms of um since they have less colostrum intake how does that affect them um with their gut morphology and their intestinal health
2: yeah. So in the, the experiment where we took them already away day zero, we had actually milked out some colostrum, so we're sure to immunize them to the best of our uh, abilities. We are not sure that they actually got enough, and that's that's the, one of the, yeah, the how do you say that's one of the, the, the really downsides to 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 do that as a fish rearing, and of course that will probably have a, a negative effect. But on the other hand, it's is in the first three days after bearing, that those small piglets are really in high risk of uh, of dying uh, due to especially, uh, yeah, uh, lack of but also uh, uh, Um So that's why it, we try to turn a little bit around uh, to take the small ones away, uh, even though some studies have shown that it's better to take the last one away and then let the small ones remain with the sow. But they are very much at risk, and due to... Uh, they have very low uh glycogen depots when they are born and they are very much in, in energy deficit. Um but it's true that we need to consider also especially the corostom uh uh the person that's where that it's become very difficult. Another other things we also realize is that there is so much we don't know about the the, the suckling piglet and its capacity to ingest uh yeah, feed. If you call sound uh feed. Uh so there's a lot of unknown territory here. We don't know, you know, how much climatic can they actually ingest uh at a certain time? And can they actually um is it possible for them to digest so much uh, protein and fat when it's a libitum or do we have to do it more restrictive as it is with the cell? That's something we're also looking into. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's quite new
1: for us. So with those studies, have you seen any um significant changes or differences with um, weaning weight with those low birth weight pigs when they've been switched to uh, sow milk? Or how does that look?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the the positive thing is, uh, yeah, we see it as a positive thing that we can actually have them survive. I mean, they can live in, you know, under artificial rearing conditions, but we cannot make them grow that fast. They are very small at day 21. And if we keep them through day 28, they will still be very small. So we still have to figure out how we can... Optimize the milk replacer. I mean, it's it's probably not possible to do the same as the sow milk because there's also a lot of growth factors and other immunoglobulins and, and stuff like that that you in theory could you emulate synthetically, but it will be will be very difficult. So, yeah, we are still looking into some things. We will try uh, something new. Uh, uh, yeah, next week actually, I cannot say what it is, but uh, eh, I hope that's something that the um, that will make us come
1: closer to the sound milk. I also saw that you looked, um, you've done a couple studies as well with um, creep feeding around this weaning transition. Um, and one question I had in particular is because, uh, obviously, since in the U.S., it's not as popular to do creep feeding because they have the 21-day typical weaning age versus the mandated 28 days in Europe. Um, and so with that and with this milk replacer, um, do you think either of those strategies can... Uh, or still have a possibility to be economically beneficial in the U.S. even with the uh, um, lower weaning age. It seems like uh,
2: that the uh, the liquid crib feeding and also having liquid feed after the weaning uh, seems to positively positively affect uh, the growth performance uh, some weeks after uh, weaning actually. And and the the whole uh, crib feed um, thing. I mean, it's both related to. The, the the weaning, making a smoother transition from sucking to weaning, but also accommodating the the larger litters. So you could also, when you have the liquid feeding system, you can also switch between uh, the milk and, and and liquid feeding. What we also looked into if there was a difference between dry feed, dry trip feed, and liquid trip feed, if that had an impact, uh, and and we we tried to look a little bit deeper on the. Um, the carbohydrates activities to see if that was uh, a marker for gut uh, maturation. We didn't see anything really clear, but it, it was clear that the, the pigs fed the liquid grip um, feed and also liquid feed afterwards um, seemed to have a positive effect. And, and one of the experiments, uh, we haven't published it, but we did together with the Sigis innovation uh, in Denmark, where they've made quite a large uh, study.
1: Awesome. So you mentioned it a little bit, um, and some of it sounds a little confidential. Um, but do you know, um, or can you share some things about what the next steps for your team will be in terms of um, research or what you plan to look at later? Yeah, we will still try to optimize the milk
2: replacer uh, with, with some new ingredients uh, to see if we can uh, make them have uh, faster growth. So we will repeat the study, we will take them away day, day one, and then we will uh, we have two groups: one control and one with the treatment. And then we will actually feed them individually and to so see if we can make them grow a little bit faster. Uh, what we also will do is that we will try to to have them uh, to feed them every uh, one hour, not every second hour. But we are a little bit careful because they they seem to not digest and ingest uh, to the same capacity as when they are with the sow. So that's yeah, we're still a little bit careful.
0: Gotcha. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Purina Animal Nutrition, where swine research becomes your return on investment. Life Start Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition, distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Anamin, international supplier of bioavailable precision minerals to impact pigs' gut health. Entric challenges at weaning can trigger a cycle of poor pig performance. How do you interrupt the cycle? Learn what the teams from Purina and PMI are doing to address the cause of entric challenges and not just the symptoms.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this with us. And when you um, do manage to get further into this research, uh, feel free to reach out to us again because I'd love to hear more of it. Um, But to everyone else listening, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at nutritionblackbelt.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to NutritionBlackBelt at SwineIt.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.